Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K., I'm Mariah Rose. Hey, I got a joke for you before we start it. Oh, what? Knock, knock. Who's there? Thrill. <laughs> Thrill who? <laughs> Thrill me. <laughs> okay. Thrill me. Okay, well, hello, everybody. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're a podcast about the 80s and uh-huh. 80s things. And we took a little vacation, Christmas vacation. That, we're well into the yeah, new year now. <laughs> extended a little longer. It's we fine. were going to come back sooner than we just didn't want to. Well, and by vacation, you mean we just stayed at our house and just forgot yeah, vacation how to from doing a podcast. Yeah. But we are back, and we are in the new year, the future, 2023. Holy smokes! And we've got some good things planned. We're starting off this first episode with a movie just to kind of warm back up because it's been a little while easing our way in but we've got some some fun deep dives planned for this year Mm -hmm. that maybe maybe we're biting off a bit more than we can chew never but but we're gonna go for it we're doing it full steam ahead okay thrill me (laughs) (laughs) oh boy here it starts okay well i hope everybody had a good holiday season and new year's and it feels weird saying that but we haven't spoke to to anybody since then no we've actually been completely silent this is the first time we've spoken in this new year we had a gag order we Mm -hmm. weren't allowed to speak to anybody until we started uh, doing a podcast again it's true so what's happened to you in this uh little break oh i don't know not a whole lot i've been working on a new follow-up to my you know last album which if you haven't bought you really should you really should there's not a whole lot of copies left but there's definitely a few and i would like to not have any copies left so if you're into i don't know dark wave goth rock post-punk stuff please go to Bandcamp and check out blood relations because i do have some vinyl releases and some a few cassettes left and they come with instant digital downloads so i don't normally like to to plug stuff but come on like (laughs) i just don't want them in boxes uh but to everybody who's bought them i'm so thankful i'm really really thankful for everybody who's checked it out and all the kind words but on my end yeah i got right to work on on a follow-up that is completely different you know the genre is changing for sure because it's a concept album again, but it's totally different. So it's exciting. And I think when you have something new and fresh in your mind, artistically, you can just kind of go for it. And that's what I'm doing right now. These songs are just flying out. I don't know if they'll all make the album or not, but I'm just kind of trying to capture them as they're coming out. Because as every artist knows out there, there are peaks and valleys in, Mm. in the artistic process. And you have some moments where you are just on fire and everything you can't get enough ideas down in time and then you go through these massive lulls of questioning if you'll ever do anything again and so because i'm in a moment right now where a lot of stuff is coming to me and i I do think it's worth recording i'm just i'm just rolling with it and we'll see where it takes me yeah i think it was picasso who said inspiration has to find you working so you just get going yeah that's true What, what did also stephen king had a good one about that about that you can't I don't know. Basically, you can't write a, a book without... Without like, writing Without it. writing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I don't remember. You can't do something unless it's done. Yeah. What have you been working on or have coming up? Uh, I just finished a commission for a book, some illustrations for a book, uh, working up uh, towards a show this summer. I'm a painter, if, if that's not been made clear. 
um, teaching. And also, really interestingly, I've taken up running in the last year. Oh, boy, have you. And the other day I was out for a run. I know this is a really good story. Trust me. Okay. I might well, have oversold that. I mean, to that. be determined. But, um, hey, before you start, uh-huh. thrill me. Okay. I will. I was I was out for a run. And I it was my first run after being sick for a few days. And I took off and I was like, how weird that I haven't fallen while running. Because I, if you know me in real life, I'm a very clumsy gal. And I know you think I'm about to tell you that I fell while running, but I did not. I finished my run like a champ, made really good time. And I was just like cooling down, walking home. And I tripped. <laughs> And fell in front of many people, many yeah. people. And <laughs> they it, all just laughed at you. It was a slow-mo fall too. Like I think it probably happened fast, but my brain moved in slow motion. So there was a moment where I thought I could save it. And then I realized, oh, nope, it's happening. And I fell and I like cut my knee and it was like blood and skin on the sidewalk, which felt pretty metal. And I was like, that's rough. And I stood up and I looked at my wrist and it was huge and swollen and gross. And I, for a few days, we weren't sure if I'd broken it, but I have great news. What is it? It's not broken. Oh, wow. It was just really badly sprained. But uh, I tried to show you the bruise on my knee tonight because it's enormous and multicolored and you were not impressed. So I made you listen to the story again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know about that story. Uh You really took it and ran with it. Yeah, I did. Well, I'm glad you're okay. That was uh, pretty gross. Your wrist looked pretty pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. And that's your painting wrist, too. So that's like, uh, was it George Costanza that had his hands in sure he was winning as a hand model? It's like that. I, I should. You should get your, your hand, um, that whole arm insured. Maybe if I start to make actually like good income yeah, from Yeah, we art. can justify it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you could be like Tina Turner and have your legs insured. I should get those anyway. Yeah. I got some gams. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, this week, we are getting to one that you asked me no less than four times to confirm that we had not already done this, as Mm -hmm. though I just kind of don't check when I suggest an episode. I don't know you. Okay, we have not done this as an episode. Are you sure? Listen or tell us. Have we done this? (laughs) We have done many night ofs. Mm -hmm. We've done our very first one was Night of the Comet. Yep. That was a really good one. What's the one where they're in the abandoned house? I feel like it's Night that... of the Demons. Oh, dang it! So we've done a lot of night ofs, mm-hmm. but we not are getting to one. a big, big one from my childhood. I don't know about you if you grew no. up on this or not, but we'll get into it. Um, we are going to cover this week the one and only 1986 cult classic, Night of the Creeps. The night of the fall is finally here. For Chris, Cindy, and JC, it's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the Night of the Creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. They are a new breed of terror. They are a different kind of horror. Zombies, 
exploding heads, creepy crawlies. We could have a little problem. The creeps are taking over. Oh, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. You have never had a night like this. Night of the creeps. If you scream, you're dead. Okay, Night of the Creeps. This is a big one that we've kind of had a, you know, the up our sleeve for saving it because we realized, and we've mentioned this several times on the podcast, that we started off a little too jazzed up and kind of blew through all the really great ones. We did. Early on and maybe should have paced ourselves a little bit. So luckily we were smart enough to hold a couple big ones like this for a later time and now we're getting to it. I like that you're giving me credit. This is all you. You're the one planning. Yeah, that's true. I am the one planning. I'm not. <laughs> so Night of the Creeps. So you didn't see this growing up. Oh, no. I think I watched it with you probably within the last few years for the first time. No, no, definitely not. Mm. Now, you've seen it at least 10 years ago. Oh, wait, because we have been saying Thrill Me for a long time. I just forgot the origin. Yeah. But we do say Thrill Me a lot. Well, of course. Who doesn't <laughs> after they've seen this movie? You got to be thrilled. Yeah. Always be thrilling. ABT. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> People who have been asking for literally years now for a laser grave shirt are going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a disappointment. Oh, that would be a bummer. Okay, well, anyway, Night of the Creeps, 1986, the the golden year of the 80s, as we always discuss. We should really just call this a 1986 podcast. Yeah, we try. I feel like the only reason why we cover other years is just to to kind of prove to people that we don't focus on 86. Right. It's never planned. It was just such a monumental year of great movies. We've discovered something with this podcast. All of us together, the 1986 is an important year. Yeah, that's true. There we go. That was our learning experience. It's really important. Well, this is from the director, Fred Decker, who is a bit of a beloved director in the horror circle because... He has not directed a lot of movies, but the very few he's directed are are pretty precious. So this was his very first, um, his debut, directorial debut for a feature. He had done a short before this, but um, pretty impressive to be able to be given a a pretty decent budget um, for this. He had started to make a name for himself as a writer, which he still does. I mean, that's primarily his role is writing more than directing. But he was the one responsible for coming up with the idea for House, which is a really awesome horror movie, and then collaborated with his longtime partners. You know, there's a whole group of them that would work on stuff together, but basically co-wrote, I'll say, House, and that opened a few doors for him. And so while he was working on that, he was coming up with some other ideas and then got the idea to do kind of an homage to classic B-movies, old sci-fi movies with the intent of cramming in every cliche he could think of Mm -hmm. to make it fun. So he really did start it with the intent of it being a spoof almost or, you know, classic comedy Mm B-movie. And I think that he accomplished that completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really well. And also, this is returning to the podcast. We really love movies that start with like a comet or a meteor crashing. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and this has that. So this really already um, checks off a box of things we love. Although it does not have, and I think it was Alien Space Avenger, where they so. look up and the guy, um, you know, pisses on his feet as he's watching the comet yeah. go overhead. That's still, to to this day, the best comet passing overhead moment in film. I agree. I agree. Okay, well, that's Fred Decker. We can talk about him a little bit later, but, I mean, he... So he did House, co-wrote House, but he also went on to co-write one of my all-time favorite movies, House 2. You do talk about that movie way too much. I, It's seriously one of my very, very favorite movies. We've covered it here? No, it was our originally our first episode, and then we scrapped it. Remember? I thought that was Labyrinth. No, we did Labyrinth, and we realized that we did way too much research, and yeah. it was just overkill and boring. Then we tried a, a second first episode, and it was House 2, and we didn't do enough research, and we just kind of ad-libbed and realized we had no content in there. Oh. So we scrapped both our first original episodes and settled on Night of the Comet, which right. was the sweet spot. Was it? And then it was smooth sailing. When We've never had a bad time, episode since. When was the last time you listened to that? Uh, I don't know. But I'm kind of glad we did. To anybody interested in starting a podcast, I would highly recommend recording a few oh, before yeah. you start because you really got to work out the kinks. You were super comfortable in front of the microphone right off. Yeah. I think it's your music years. I panicked. <laughs> I forgot how to great. talk. <laughs> yeah. You did great. But I'm glad that we did scrap that. So yeah, we've never done House 2. But anyway, back oh, to Fred Decker. So he co-wrote that. Well, it was really his idea. And then the big one that he followed it up with, which is, you know, the cult film for him is the Monster Squad, which everybody uh, loves. Oh, is Jason in that too? No, I don't think he is. I'd have to check. Maybe he is. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Somebody else can look it up. Yeah. I mean, that's like a really beloved film. We've never covered that one either, have we? Really? We yeah. have. No, we haven't. <laughs> and then the other big one that he uh, directed after that was RoboCop 3. And then no. he really didn't do a lot. Mainly writing. Uh, the last big credit he had to his name was in 2018. Mm -hmm. He did The Predator, that reboot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's cool. He's still out there. He's still doing stuff. But this was really the moment was, as as we call it, the double decker. Ew. That's where you poop in the top of a toilet. No, that's upper decker. Yeah. The double decker is these back-to-back -back Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad. I mean, really great. Two great films. But maybe have, we'll cover the other one down the road. I have a hot take that I just need to put here. Okay. Uh I'm not a fan of Robocops. A lot of people aren't. I, I feel like they're the fans are diehard or they're just really passive about it. I don't like cop movies just in general. And I don't like robot movies. So when you combine <laughs> them, it's just like a lose lose for me. How do you not how do you not like robot movies? Yeah, they're they're tedious for me. Okay. I feel like I could bust you on several robot movies. Well that you they're like. funny. I mean, they can be funny for sure. But if you add a cop to it, no thank you. It's okay. too serious. I didn't even have to think about this. This just came so quick to me. Oh gosh. I'm going to throw one out there, and if you can deny it and say it sucks, then we'll we'll just believe that all you said wasn't BS. Ready? Terminator 2. Uh, but it's not a cop. They're, the central character is around a cop. I don't like cops. <laughs> so let's move on, since we've just settled that what you said was nonsense. No. 
All right. Well, anyway. That was my hot take. Anyway. He directed RoboCop 3. Okay. All right. So let's just jump into the film since we can't agree on robots and cops. We just did agree. No, you agreed that you're wrong. That was off. That was off mic. (laughs) So let's get to our film here, Night of the Creeps. And creeps are slugs or leeches. So use those three words interchangeably as we move forward. It's just a little touchstone for our listeners. You think? Yes. So that's what the creeps represent? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought it just meant like creepy things in general, like creep show. No, at one point in the movie, they actually do refer to them as creeps. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. So our film starts on a spaceship. Yeah. Boy, does it. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Let's talk about those aliens. We see three aliens. (laughs) Uh, they're frantically trying to keep, and I'm, you can't see me, uh, but I'm using air quotes, an uh-huh. ex- experiment from being released by a third alien. So two aliens chasing alien number three. But the aliens are all naked and they have butt cheeks. But they, they don't have genitals, only butt cheeks. <laughs> they have butt cheeks and guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I really like these They got to sit down after they shoot. Yeah, they're really good. You got to have butt cheeks if you want to sit. So the third alien... Uh, takes the experiment which is in a canister that looks a lot like the kind that you put in like at a bank yes so he's got one of those but he instead of depositing it in the bank he shoots it off into space yeah goes to to where we will not know well we do yeah find out real quick i'm saying in the moment yeah they don't know but they're very upset about it they don't want this experiment gone although if you were really worried about this experiment, shooting it into the abyss of space seems kind of okay. Yeah. It seems like it's not your problem Solid anymore. Solid plan. But it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Also, it's never clarified what this uh, experiment was. We don't know. Well, I mean, I think we find out. Well, but what were they, what was the purpose of the experiment? I don't know. Exactly. We don't know. Just aliens bored in space. Making their creeps. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's a long trip. <laughs> going to make some creeps. So the canister shoots through space for who knows. It might have been a million billion years. No, I don't think so. That's a real number. It lands on Earth. It does. 1959. Mm-hmm. Shoots through space. Lands near a university. Yes. Okay. Put a pin in that. Now, we're at this university. There is a sorority house, some sorority gals. They're getting ready for date nights. Yep. We've got our blonde babe who is going to go to a necking spot with her college <laughs> bow. <laughs> yeah. And this is all in black and white. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> Really? Were the aliens in black and white? No. Wait, are you messing with me? No. Okay. So our blonde babe Uh and her college boyfriend. Yep. They go to make out next to other cars. Yes. Which is real creepy. Yeah. What's it called? Lover's Lane. I guess. Well, you said neck and spot. The neck and spot. (laughs) And we also hear a news broadcast somewhere along the line that there's an escaped mental patient. Yeah, this is kind of setting up what this movie is going to be like to begin with, which is just throw everything at it. Totally bonkers. Doesn't need to make sense. Don't worry about it. It's a mashup. It really is. (laughs) So while they're kissing in their kissing spot, the canister shoots by. It's like a shooting star. 
that mm-hmm. lands it's it's low so they know it lands close and the boyfriend is like we gotta go check this yeah and she's like great idea but she's not actually that way she doesn't want to do it but no who cares what she wants <laughs> so they go they park to where he thinks he saw it and he just like takes off into the forest leaving her in the car he finds the canister mm-hmm. it opens mm-hmm. zing a leech creep slug thing flies out of the canister straight into his kisser. Yeah. Meanwhile, our blonde babe is back at the convertible. Like, where's my boyfriend? I want to do more kissing or not. I don't know. She's probably over it by this point. But remember, you forgot already. I know you did. You forgot about our escaped mental patient. He's there. He's got an axe. And he really hacks her up. (laughs) Oh, it's really extreme. It's Body a lot. parts everywhere is how it's described. But you left out a little detail, which is her former boyfriend yeah, was, was the cop, like a local cop. Uh-huh. And he's the one that discovers her being hacked up by the axe murderer. This is pretty important. Yeah, but it's kind of revealed later. Yeah. But yes, it's fine. And they have it, it actually didn't occur to me until I was rewriting my notes. Because they had an actor who doesn't look like him play him. Mm-hmm. And then later he's talking about it. I'm like, wait, is that the same dude? <laughs> anyway. It seemed pretty clear to me. Shush. I guess you're a genius. <laughs> no, it just wasn't that complicated to put together. Now it's 1986. That's right. What week is it? Rush week. Pledge week. That's right. And we got to meet right away our new leading man, because obviously the frat bro had a slug in his mouth. Yeah, he's done. Forget about it. 1950s, gone. 86. Mm -hmm. Our leading man is played by Jason Lively. Mm -hmm. Which you got very excited about. Oh, gosh. Did I ever. You guys, (laughs) if you've been listening, you know I love the Lively family. Yeah. Specifically only Robin Lively. (laughs) Teen Witch. And then as we were watching this, I had a revelation. How sad that we don't have a teen uh, warlock. Yeah, that's true. And then we could have had a a third installment where warlock and witch find out their long lost siblings. They team up. Mm -hmm. And they team up. It's called Team Teen Witch. And Warlock. Yeah. And Warlock. (laughs) You know what's funny is I bet if we were to go back and listen to a certain episode. Did I discover it You were discovering it during that episode too and equally as excited. Did I probably even offered up Teen Warlock. This is how how often we forget what we cover. I know. Right after we're done recording. Because this is a reunion of sorts that we'll get to with another actress in this film. But we have already discussed him. Jason... Uh, lively lively he's they're also related to blake lively but whatever yeah from a previous episode yes i mean just get into it right now ghost chase which i love ghost chase it's It's so good it's really special so good and he's the lead in that yeah go listen to our episode yeah treat treat yourself and his his co-actor actress is jill whitlow and the two of them appear in this film together as the leads. So it's kind of like the Feldman, or, you know, the two Corys. Yeah. You know, grouping back together. Willow and Lively. 
there we go. Yeah. Now so, they have a law firm. Yeah, we'll get to her, but this is not the first time we've discussed him. And I'm I'm pretty sure that you were equally impressed when we did it on Ghost Chase. I'm sure I was. Yeah. Any connection to Robin Lively, and I am jazzed. Yeah, you got really excited when you saw the last name. Teen Witch. Yep. Okay, so anyway, back to this movie. We're not talking about Teen Witch, unfortunately. Go listen to that episode. Back to our leading man, Chris, played by, as we've already discussed, Jason Lively. He is crushing hard in the the way that awkward outsider boys in the 80s did. He, uh, it's really specific, don't you think? Like yeah, that, It's very 80s. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen in the 90s. There was like a different awkward crushing type in the 90s. I feel like we should break that down and write a thesis on it. But he's go, the 80s style. It. Nah. He's hanging out with his friend, JC, not standing for Jesus Christ. I have no idea what it stands for. <laughs> JC. And he uses his eyes. Probably John Carpenter. Probably. Because oh. this isn't a fun fact because everybody knows it who knows this movie, is that all of the characters in this movie are based, their names are based on famous horror directors. So you'll you'll hear Cronenberg and Landis and all these pop up. But I bet you JC is because of John Carpenter. Okay. I, I mean, maybe. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You guys research it. We've done our part. <laughs> so back to Chris and JC. They're like at kind of a party or out front of a frat house. I don't know if they've been invited to this party, but they're there. And Chris uses his eyes to spot the babe, mm-hmm. Cynthia. And then he uses his heart to yeah. fall in love. <laughs> yeah, right. Right there. That's it. So Cynthia Cronenberg is played by Jill that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, JC weirdly goes and talks to her because it's that weird 80s thing where yeah. he's like, I, I'm an, a grown adult man and I'm, my friend is going to go talk to the girl that I just now fell in love with. Yeah, you know that their dynamic, the two friends, remind me a little of weird science. Mm-hmm. Like it's that, it's very 80s. They're yeah. Just the two friends together that are... Misfits. Yeah, mis- they're nerds, but they kind of are ambitious too. They'll go and do things that wouldn't, others wouldn't normally do. Yeah, they're shooting out of their league a little bit. Yeah, so I, I do enjoy that because I think that that dynamic is always fun in the 80s. So JC weirdly goes and talks to her. He gets the scoop, but doesn't really tell Chris the full scoop because she has a boyfriend and instead he's like you got a chance and then Chris is like great I have a brilliant idea let's join a frat because she's in a sorority yeah and JC's like okay because he's a pretty good supportive friend in that way I would say yeah he's very supportive mm-hmm. so they go to the frat uh led by a man named Brad Bradster um, <laughs> the Bradster. He is the boyfriend of Cynthia, so he's like the head dude. And he doesn't want to let them in because they're dorks. And he's, I guess, cool. <laughs> yeah. He's a really fun character. He's good. And his zombie, spoiler, uh, is really cool. Oh, yeah. The Bradster. He's, it's incredible. He's just, he's a funny character, but his zombie is really good. Absolutely. So he tells Chris and JC, sure, join our frat. Go ahead uh, and steal a corpse and then put it in front of another frat house. And if you do that, we'll let you in. But yeah. of course, they're lying they just are messing with these two nerds. Yeah. And so they're giving him an impossible task. But honestly, that's a pretty serious escalation. Like, yeah. <laughs> go steal a body. Yeah, I thought about that, too. This is common also in 80s films, I've noticed, is that the subject matter is often 
really extreme. Yeah. Like in Trick or Treat, it's straight up murder in the pool scene that they're trying. It's like attempted murder, but yeah. it's just playful. It's a you know, kids being kids. Such goofy And this guys. one, it's the same way. It's like, go break into a building and steal, steal a corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. So Chris and JC, they're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna sure. two people, two guys are gonna carry a dead body. One of them, well, on crutches. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, they didn't think that through too well. So they're gonna go get a corpse from somewhere on campus, and they, it's this whole thing. They accidentally release a body that's been cryogenically frozen. You know, mm-hmm. the one from your college campus. Yeah. That, They're everywhere. Yeah, that cryobod. Uh, so they accidentally <laughs> release it. It just so happens that this is the boyfriend from the 1950s. He's just yeah. been cryogenically frozen this whole time. And we don't ever actually figure out why. The one with the slug in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. S- slug boyfriend. Yep. Creep boyfriend. So JC and Chris, they get the body out of cryogenic f- freezing. Freezer? Chamber. Okay. They, they're like, actually, this is a bad idea. And they just leave it on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and they run away. Well, that's because it moves. It like twitches and it freaks them out. And so they take off running. Yeah. But also, I think they probably just realized they, they couldn't get it. Maybe. I mean, really, it's just two dudes and one very frozen bod. So let's, they run away screaming. Let's go now to our detective, Ray. Uh, he's the cop who had formerly dated the the babe from the 1950s who had been killed by the maniac. Yes. He's called to the scene of the cryogenic lab. There's one dead grad student at this point, the one who had, like, found the body, I guess. But the body of a frozen dude is missing. Mm-hmm. So we've got dead grad student, no 1950s guy. Yeah, so let's slow down and talk about our detective, because he's our big name of this film. Okay. The one and only Tom Atkins, who is horror royalty. He's also founder of the Atkins diet. <laughs> well, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. What's the Atkins diet? Like whiskey and it's cigarettes? Just, no, it's meat. No, I was making a joke about Tom Atkins. Oh. Follow along. Follow I'm sorry. Along. Anyway, you would know him from The Fog, Creep Show, Halloween 3. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. But Is he in RoboCop? Yeah, he was in RoboCop oh, 3. Good gravy. He's a maniac cop. But he he's kind of our big name in this. And this is probably, maybe Halloween 3 would be my favorite. But this is one of my favorite roles of his. And he said in an interview later on in life that this was his favorite movie he had ever been in. Really? And that he loved working with Fred Decker. They, this whole experience was... Like, the, the most fun he ever had. And when he looks back on his entire... And he has a huge filmography. All the TV before films and stuff. This was the one. This was his favorite thing. Well, that's sweet. I know. I thought and so, weird. too. weird. I like yeah. it. Okay. So, Detective Ray. He's the cop we talked about. Uh, he's called to the frozen dude scene. But no frozen dude there. He's on the move. And mm-hmm. by he, I mean the cryogenically frozen dead boyfriend from the 1950s is moving he's up he's active and he is headed to the sorority house where his dead girlfriend had previously lived now it's our babe our modern babe yes cynthia she's living there so she's upstairs getting ready for her night when peekaboo at her window cryogenically frozen dude his head splits open and a slug 
flings itself out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. The practical effects in this are really fun. You know, they're a little... Some of them are pretty gruesome because the heads have to split when the slugs come out. But we'll get in later with some of the other skeletons and stuff. There's There's a lot of fun practical effects in this film. Make it very campy. Very campy, yes. So... After his head explodes, his body falls to the ground in front of the sorority house and more leeches are on the move. So these leechy slug things are everywhere. The next day, the frat boys confront uh, JC and Chris because they're like, we told you to leave that corpse in front of (laughs) another frat house, not a sorority house. And they're like, no, we didn't do this. But Brad... He's really offended because it was in front of his girlfriend's house. Mm-hmm. He kicks out JC's crutch. Yeah. But he sealed his fate here because Cynthia, she's a soft, tender-hearted soul, and she doesn't like bullying. Yeah. So what does she do, Eric? Tell them her great response. She does the classic 80s move. I personally, for me, it was the pretend you're blowing up a balloon. Mm -hmm. But she does the crank where she pretends to she holds her fist up to his face and then acts like she has a crank and cranks her middle finger up. It's really awesome. It's very funny. (laughs) Um, We need to bring that back. Yeah, I used to do the one where you put your thumb out. And then you would blow on your thumb like it was a balloon, mm-hmm. and then your middle finger would pop up. That's pretty good. Dude, that was my that was a go to for me. That's good. <laughs> I feel like our society is maybe not ready for that to come back. I feel like now you just get shot. Yeah, oh, that's sad. Okay, well, better times will come. I'm yeah, bring that back. Before we move on, even though it's the next day, I did want to back up for a second okay. and bring awareness to a scene that you particularly enjoyed. Oh, uh, and it was as the detective is walking towards the the sorority house at night to come find this corpse that's been found with the head missing. Mm-hmm. As he's walking up, he stops and smells the, the roses. Oh, yeah. And you really liked that scene. I do. And that brings me to this week's fun fact. Okay. <laughs> Fun fact is, that was Tom Atkins ad-libbing. As he was walking by, he spotted the rose and just wanted to stop and smell it. (gasps) So they kept it in. (laughs) I love Tom Atkins now. Oh, man. I'm a big fan of stopping and smelling the roses. Yes, you are. Aww. Okay, anyway, let's get on with this film. Oh, now my heart's all warm. Oh, I love that. We're okay. Inflating middle fingers. Okay, leeches on the move. Yes, they infect a janitor who actually cleared Chris and JC of body theft because he made this weird. It was kind of racist joke because he was like screaming like banshees. Yeah, but with an exaggerated accent. Anyway, he's been infected. Also. Side note, cat from the sorority is missing and infected. (laughs) The cat will make a return. It's really fun. Yeah, so now we've got it. This this film's in full swing. Yeah. Where you've got slugs and zombies. Because when you're infected, you you just look like a zombie walking around. Because it's um, like a bacteria in your brain. Because that's what the slugs want. They want brains. Yeah, they are zombies. Yeah, it's really fun. So this film, you know, it's just up and running and it's just so much fun everything that's introduced all the scenes all the characters 
it just moves along at a very quick pace. Um, I'm not sure where to add this either, but um, at one point there was a one of the sorority sisters is like, hey, Cynthia, where do I put this? It's my science project or whatever. Yeah. And she's got a ton of brains. Yeah, because they're going to use them for a dissection. And Cynthia is like, uh, basement, it's yeah. fine. Just put a ton of brains in our basement. So just stick a pin in that. Yeah, we'll come back. back. We'll circle back. Oh, speaking of sorority sisters, because there's a bunch of them. Yeah. One of them stood out right away to oh, us. Oh, yeah. And that is Suzanne Snyder, who we know for sure from the podcast. She was in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. She was in Weird Science. She plays Deb or Debbie in everything she's ever done. <laughs> yeah. She was also in Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Mm-hmm. Like, talk about a resume of 80s horror. We've covered some of those. Have we done Weird Science? Yes. I Yeah, we did Weird Science. I don't know. We did Weird Science, I think. And we definitely did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. But we have not done Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Really? Yeah, we did Part 1. Oh. We should probably get to that at some point. Did we do 3? No. Son of a I think three is a 90s film, but we could time travel it. I can't keep track anymore. It's really hard. Let's, you know what? (laughs) Let's just pretend we don't know. And just, if we've done it before, we do it again. Yeah. It's fine. Or we could be like our friends at Bad Taste. Sometimes Mike's just like, well, we were, it was early on in our show. Let's do it again. Yeah. And I think that's really smart. Sometimes it's okay to to brush it up and, and reintroduce the episode when it's been... You know, 150, 200 episodes in for podcasts. But I think we should not acknowledge that we've done it before. Oh, and just pretend we've never talked about it. First time. Well, that's what we do with half these characters. And we're like, did you know so-and-so was in this movie? I can't believe it. I think we probably say that every time we cover that person. Who cares? Who cares? We're professionals. Let's get back to JC. That's why we get paid the big bucks for this podcast. Yeah. JC is pooping now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, and it says Striper rules on the... <laughs> I read why. It was in the fun facts for IMDb. What? The makeup artist was dating a member of Striper at the time. That's random. I, totally random. Okay, so JC's in the toilet. He's pooping. And he hears someone come into the bathroom. It's the janitor from before. He falls down dead. Slugs burst out of his head. And JC's like, oh, no. And he's like trying to escape. He doesn't escape. I'm sorry, guys. This is the end for JC. But before he becomes infected, he discovers that the slugs are not fans of fire. And this is important. Yes, development. I was um, surprised the first time I ever saw this about JC being killed because he's, you know, the the right hand companion. I thought for sure he would make it to the end, but they just kill him off. They kill him off because he's about to be like uh, replaced with a detective. Yeah, that's true. As the new right hand. So anyway, he discovers the slugs don't like fire, but they do like brains. Meanwhile, Chris is meeting up with Detective Ray. So our detective from the 50s, who's now an old man, he weirdly at this point admits to murdering the axe murderer yeah from the 1950s it's good though it's a good monologue but it's it's really weird imagine <laughs> it's a just lot being to a, take on. a like 20 year old and having a detective be like and i murdered him yeah and i buried him where the sorority house mother's house is yes so it, he, it was a weird scene for sure it's a lot a, to take on. he reveals all of this so most importantly he reveals that he buried the axe murderer beneath 
the sorority mother's house, which is next to the sorority. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. It's so fun. So now we cut to the sorority house mom and her dog. Mm-hmm. They're watching TV. And the skeleton has decided now's the time. It comes to life and uses its axe, which it apparently was buried with, mm-hmm. to hack its way out from the ground and kills her. It's such a fun scene. The skeleton, the like meaty, decayed skeleton of an axe murderer breaks its way through the mm-hmm. floor and then stands there and hacks her up. It's really cool. And she just stares there uh, like yeah, a dummy. Yeah, and you're like, well, okay. But and? how much fun is that? It's yeah. so creative. I just, as I'm watching this film every time, I think it must have been so much fun to write this script. Because yeah. it's just anything goes. Totally. Yeah. You just put everything you could think of into this script. And they did. And they did. And they did, and they didn't feel like they needed to explain it or make it make no, sense. No, it's just fun. It's just a wild ride. It's just a it's a classic B movie. Yeah. So the zombie escapes into the night, and also noteworthy is that the old lady's dog is missing. Yes. So the cops track down this zombie because obviously this murder has brought some attention, and they kill it by uh, Detective Ray shows up and shoots his head with a shotgun. Which, of course, releases more of the creepy slug leech things. And it's also the moment when he realizes, oh, that's the axe murderer that I killed, yeah. you know, all those years ago. So something's something's wrong. Yeah, like they can all see it's a skeleton zombie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty so clear. cool looking. So now it's the following day. This has all happened and everybody's like, it's fine. We're going to go to a dance. Mm-hmm. So Cynthia asks chris instead of bradster yeah she wants to go to the dance with chris so chris is getting ready uh to go to the dance but he's a little bit worried because he hasn't seen jc he doesn't know jc has been slug infected yet so he's like kind of looking for him and then he turns around and whoopsie daisy there's one of those it's not like a talk boy but it's like a little memo recorder (laughs) yeah and JC is recorded a message. He's recording it as a zombie. And he's like, the slugs are in my brain. They like my brain. <laughs> yeah. I can walk now. And they don't like fire. Yeah. I mean, it's really useful information. Yeah. And he's like, P.S. I'm going to go to the boiler and I guess try to burn them out. I don't know. But yeah. he finds he finds JC and he's dead. And he's like, oh, no, it's go time. I mean, it's. JC was loyal to the end. Talk about a good friend. Yeah. He took his final moments to record a message on how to kill them. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you, did you ever have a talk boy? Oh, gosh, no. I know this wasn't an actual talk boy. for like rich boy. kids. I had a talk boy and I was definitely not a how rich How did you kid. get a talk boy? I heavily requested it because they did <laughs> such a good job with their marketing campaign. <laughs> do you remember you. it where they were like... <laughs> tell so-and-so I farted and you're like that's so funny and he'd like play it from the other room oh it was I thought it was gonna be real good yeah it was not uh, it was pretty boring too bad I see him at thrift stores sometimes what yeah oh you want to talk boy no I don't but I do but okay I don't get one okay what why'd you just wink at me no don't get one okay I've already had one and I let it go all right if it comes back to me it was mine to keep <laughs> Like the new kids on the the block dolls that we have over there. Do you know what? Once I had a new kids on the block doll. It was a plushie of Jordan. And Uh we left it at a hotel. 
And I lost my beans and my parents had to drive an hour and a half back to get them. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I did that last year. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's, an, it's time for action. Chris goes to Detective Ray, his new best friend, replacing JC, fills him in on the whole fire dude. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's get a flamethrower. And they're ready to hunt the alien slug things. Yes. Okay. So we're, we're it's go time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the frat guys, they're getting ready to party. They get into a party bus to go to the dance. And... Uh, <laughs> sorority house mom's dog stands in front of the bus. The bus driver veers to avoid this dog, which is a zombie dog. It's so fun. It's like a electronic, you know, animatronic yeah. dog. Yeah. It's so much fun. So silly. And it veers towards a truck. And then the next scene is somehow this bus, which was driving through a residential area, is flipped completely upside down just because it veered to avoid a dog and hit a truck it's fully upside down and everyone is dead and slug infected it lived up to its its name party bus (laughs) (laughs) i mean it was really over the top so chris detective ray and cynthia are prepping to fight because party bus is overrun with the slug frat boys now And they're just like, we got to get our dates. And they go straight to the sorority house. Mm -hmm. This is where we see zombie Bradster. Oh, he's so great. He is so good. What even makes him great? Why is he so good? He's just got the attitude that, well, the zombie, he's just funny looking. It's good, though. Yeah, it is really good. And she takes his hand because she's not looking at him. And to break the news of why she didn't want to go to the dance. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just sitting beside her with leeches falling out of his mouth. <laughs> it's so fun. So um, he's killed, obviously. Yeah. Detective Ray and Chris come up and she's like, oh, whoopsies. I was breaking up with the zombie. That's not ideal. So she then ends up putting on a flamethrower. And yes. she's ready to go. You revealed that this was a childhood crush of yours. Major crush. <laughs> was it the flamethrower? She just, I, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. It's, okay. She looks cool. She's got her prom dress. It's kind of years later, it would be similar to how Buffy looks with the leather jacket. I was just mentally willing you to say Buffy. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of cool. Like, yes. why did I ever have a crush on Christy Swanson? It was because that one scene where she's got a leather jacket with a little like uh prom dress on it's cool looking actually every scene with christy swanson was pretty cool <laughs> yeah although now no I think we she's... won't talk about we'll just remember her in the good days her glory days her before glory she days. had to share her political perspective <laughs> yeah we'll just not discuss that but yes okay. jill wearing a flamethrower with a prom dress on is mm-hmm. pretty dang cool it to, in cool. 1986 it's cool i just had a great idea for a Halloween costume. What? I know you think I'm going to say her. No, you're going to say Buffy and I go as Paul Rubin's character. No, I was going to say we go as the slugs. <laughs> I would go as the Bradster and you can go as her. <sighs> okay. So it's just sort of a slug slash frat guy like killing extravaganza. At this yeah, it's point. great. All There's some screaming flat, frat girls. And then Cynthia's like, wait... We've got a lot of brains in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so they're like, we should probably check it out. So they go down, and the slugs have all gathered into the corner in a slug leech cluster that's quivering in a way that makes me feel weird. It is. Yeah, it's, but it's really interesting looking. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't. Does it make you feel weird, too? No, it's just interesting looking. Okay. Detective Ray decides that he's going to die now. Yeah, he's going to blow them all up. I feel like there are other options. No, he's lived out his life. I guess. Fulfilled his destiny. He's got some problems. So he's ready to die. He pours some gas uh, on the leeches, on the floor, wherever, and he starts a countdown. And he's like, making eye contact with Chris, and Mm -hmm. he's like, 20. And Chris is like, nah. And then he's like, okay. And he smiles and he walks out and he's like, 19, 18. And we flash back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) This is epic storytelling you're doing. (laughs) Wow. And if if only our listeners could see how animated you are. (laughs) Reenacting. Continue. This is great. They get outside. Uh Uh-huh. Not the detective. He's still there. Uh Uh-huh. The leeches are quivering. And they're like, four, three, two, one. And do you want to say what happens next? Yeah. Chris looks at the house and says, detective. <laughs> Thrill me. <laughs> and then it blows up. <laughs> Such a great way to do it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Blows up. Huge explosion. The house explodes. It looks like everything's fine. They've done it. They've killed the leeches. Except then Cynthia's like, oh, the puppy. And she leans over to pet the dead dog. And a leech shoots out, and the movie's over the end. Unless. <gasps> You watch the TV version and you get an alternate ending. Boring. No, it's awesome ending. Is it cooler? Yeah, I kind of like it better. So the ending that you just described was the VHS ending. And that's the one that I grew up with because I rented this as a kid all the way through my teens. And this was the only ending I ever knew. This is it. I never saw the TV version. But when I was, um, I don't know, in my 20s. 52. I got a DVD of it and that had the alternate ending on it, which I never knew was there. We had this on DVD? No, I rented it. Remember that I'd go to the library and they had this incredible oh, yeah, horror yeah. selection. So side side note, I think okay. I've mentioned it a few times. When we were in grad school in Denver, I was bored and I started a blog. Yes, oh. a blog. Back in the day, highlighting the performances of zombies in movies. Yep. And Bradster. Bradster. Bradster was one of my highlights. It's still out there somewhere. Yeah, it What's is. it called? It's called the zombie spotlight. <laughs> so I did it for maybe a couple months and I just exclusively watched zombie movies, a ton of them. And I would highlight zombies. all the weird zombies performances and Bradster was there. But we had this library in Denver that well, a whole network of libraries. But this one in particular had the most insane horror selection. Mm-hmm. It must have been whoever was the director of that library, liked horror movies or something and just ordered a bunch. So that's when I realized there was an alternate ending. And the alternate ending, instead of her leaning down and looking at the dog, it's right after Chris says, thrill me, and then the house blows up. Then in another scene behind them, uh, the detective comes out, Tom comes out, and he's all shard. He's smoking and burnt as a zombie, and he's shuffling by. 
And then he falls over and his head splits open. And the leeches all take off across the street into a cemetery. And they all go into the cemetery. And then a giant light shines over one of the tombstones. And it looks up. And it's the spaceship has come to Earth looking for its project. And that's where the film ends. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, that is cool. Way better ending. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's the alternate ending. Pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. So this refresher, you have seen this a few times. You just always forget. Yeah, I do. That's not a good sign. But what did you think of this movie? It's so fun. It's easy. It's what, like 90 minutes? Yeah, it's it's real quick. It's an easy, like, you won't fall asleep. You'll just enjoy yourself and you'll move on and forget about it. And it'll be like brand new next time. Yeah, I, I mean, I've already mentioned it, but I really love this movie. It's one of those ones that I... Like Killer Clowns, Night of the Creeps and Killer Clowns, those are two that that I rented regularly and, and loved with my friend. We would always go get it from, from the video store. So it's it's a fun one. Highly recommend watching it if you've never seen it. It's, it's a must-see at least once because it's a classic. But it was not uh, well-received when it first came out. Really? Yeah, well, it didn't get any support. They, Fred kind of got screwed by the studio... He speculates it's because who was in charge of the studio had a personal problem with him and Uh kind of buried his film. So it didn't really get the kind of widespread release that it was supposed to get. Okay. So it suffered greatly. Uh Um, It did pretty poor. It had a $5 million budget. It opened on August 22nd, 1986. And it only made 600000 total worldwide. So it was a huge flop. But as the years went on and it went to VHS and then to, you know, cable TV, mm-hmm. it built slowly a very loyal fan base. And then, as you know, Fred says in interviews, just all of a sudden he was being asked about it. And all of a sudden it just kept growing and growing. Weird. That and Monster Squad. So his films just took on this huge cult status. And he said, you know, I didn't set out to make a cult film. I was just trying to make a fun horror movie that yeah. didn't do well in the box office. But... In the in the grand scheme of things, Night of the Creeps absolutely became like a quintessential '80s cult classic. So, you know, it all ended well when all was said and done. But yeah, Weird. it didn't didn't do so well when it first came out. That's really interesting. Yeah, but it's great. And then uh, one minor note to wrap this up is I recently read that he is in discussion. It'll probably never happen. But as of 2019, he was talking about getting the original cast back together for a part two. Finally. That's silly. I know. I don't think it'll ever happen. No, but it would be fun. There was an unofficial part two that was made, but it had nothing to do with any of them. I have a question. Yeah. Why did the ax murderer come back to life? Because the slugs went down into the ground and got into that's why there was this whole thing about him being buried under there. The slugs made their way into that but area. We didn't see it. Um, but that's what happened. Okay. So, and because it, it made for a really cool scene. Okay. Well, that is Night of the Creeps, a fun one. Like we said, go check it out. I don't know. I don't know if it's streaming. I'm, I'm assuming it's streaming. Figure it out. You're a grown up. <laughs> Good grief. Gonna, it's available everywhere. But uh, I hope you hope you watch it. I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about it. Is a good one. I'm glad we're back. We have something fun planned for our next episode, and then we've got a. We might do our very first series. What? We'll see. I, I feel like we're getting a little too. Oh yeah, and then we'll do this, and we'll do that. 
Yeah. And then when we start doing it, we'll realize maybe that wasn't a good idea. But we, we're we back now. We'll be reliable again. Thank you for bearing with us while we just took some time to be. Yeah, we learned last year that that was a smart thing for us to do, is to be able to take a little break every now and then and not be so fixated on having to to do every single episode right on time. And sometimes you just got to take a break and a breather. And But we also are looking at 2000... 23 um some more deep dives and interesting looks into other things that aren't movie related we do love doing movies i know our listeners enjoy listening to movies but there's a lot of weird things that happened in the 80s and Mm -hmm. very interesting characters in the 80s that we want to learn more about and share with you if you have a cool story you want us to cover yeah something interesting that happened i mean it better be good I mean, don't just send us nonsense. But if you have a good idea, send it to us. Maybe we'll do it. We'll see. I don't know. It it depends on if it will thrill us or not. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. If you liked what you heard, you can... Oh, you should rate, review, or subscribe. We never say that. Uh, We're anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts. But tell a friend. That's the best thing you can do. Shake their hand and tell them about this podcast. Yeah, steal their phone and subscribe them without them knowing. Yeah. And please check out all of our friends. You know who you are. It's like a laundry list. But of course, Reconcinimation and Bad Taste Video and everybody. I don't want to like go on because I always feel bad when I'm put on the spot like that. Like I'm You panic. Freak. I do. Well, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But we love our podcast family out there. It's very large. And until next episode, um, see ya. Okay, bye. Bye.